Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's not very often that a court session is interrupted in the middle of a hearing and the building evacuated, so whenever you see something like that happening, it's going to be news. And even more when you can't tell the lawyers from the vermin. Monday, the courthouse serving Rogers County, Nebraska, was shut down at noon for the rest of the day. After an attorney showed up for a hearing in a courtroom on the third floor leaving a trail of bed bugs in his wake as he walked. Officials say when he got to the courtroom, he took off his suit coat, and the bugs poured out like convicts in a jailbreak. The judge may have even smashed some with his gavel. And when someone told the unidentified lawyer he was shedding insects, he took his coat over to the prosecutor's table and shook it over their files so they could share. An exterminator had things up and running at the courthouse by the next day. That's kind of nasty. It is really nasty. I mean... (laughs) Creepy, crawly, nasty yes. bugs all no, over the place. you're absolutely right. And there were attorneys in there, too. <laughs> I saw this in Vermont, Newport, Vermont. They're okay. holding their annual contest to determine how long the local lake will remain frozen. <laughs> I want you to imagine this now. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people gathered around to watch ice melt. <laughs> About as exciting as listening to this yeah. program, wouldn't you think, Cliff? You didn't have to say it. I was going to. People listen to this show every morning, so watching ice melt? Pretty entertaining, actually, huh? You know, I guess it really refers to cars and pickup trucks, but every time I read that warning, yeah. do not operate heavy machinery, Yeah. I always picture myself on a gigantic bulldozer. <laughs> well, I mean, that's part, of the, that's part of what they're talking about. Well, I know, but I mean... <laughs> It's on every label. Yeah. Any medication you take. Well, yeah. Do not operate heavy machinery. And, you know, there's not millions and millions and millions of yeah. people that operate mm-hmm. heavy machinery every day. So well, I'm true. thinking that it's probably more along the lines of your yeah. car or your pickup truck. But I just picture myself out at the power plant on one of those gigantic bulldozers pushing <laughs> coal earth, around. Earth movers or something. Yes. Right. And yeah. I'm thinking, I'm yeah. pretty safe because I don't think they're going to let me on there anyway, whether I'm medicated or not. Oh, no. No, not you. I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of a qualification you have to have before they let you fire one of them bad boys up. Yeah, like training. (laughs) Would that not be cool, though? I wouldn't mind to give it a shot. I wouldn't either. Just to, you know, see what it's like. The heck with the training. We just need to know how to start it. Well. (laughs) That's all we need. The rest we can figure out. We can figure out. We're on a pile of coal. What are we going to hurt? Well, we could, I don't know, roll the darn thing over and kill ourselves. Well. Yes, but we won't be on medication to where there's a warning about, you know, not operating heavy machinery. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Or a big backhoe. Not one of them little baby ones you see. You want one of them. You want a large one. I want, yes. (laughs) I want to back that thing up, Cliff. I'm telling you. We know a bit of news from the final frontier. The long-standing relationship between NASA and the Russian space agency appears to be increasingly on thin ice. The latest disagreement is a flap over a malfunction on the International Space Station. 
Now, as you probably know, the orbiting laboratory built through an international effort of several countries, and it's staffed the vast amount of the time by both American astronauts and Russian cosmonauts. And as it turns out, basically, the two groups live like neighbors. They really don't interact with one another very much on a daily basis. They've got their one end, and we've got ours. But there are some things that require interdependence on the space station, like, say, drinking water. Now, it's a precious commodity on the space station because it costs somewhere around $1,800 a pound to launch anything into orbit, making the ticket for a gallon of water worth about $19,000. And yes, there's a reserve tank, but most of the time, astronauts are left to drink a filtered mixture of recycled shower water, old astronaut sweat, and pee. Oh, wait, I forgot. I forgot. This story comes to us from the Morning Roadshow Department of Just in Time for Breakfast. Anyway, the latest flap over is over the toilet on the American side of the space station, which sprang a leak like last week. And when I say sprang a leak, I mean it blew up, spewing liquid all over the inside of the International Space Station in zero gravity. About two and a half gallons worth. They had to mop it up with some paper towels and... All that water was lost. <laughs> you think they have a door on their bathroom at the space station? You know, in case something like that would happen, it would be contained well, inside the... Uh, in, in the compartment? Yes. I don't know, frankly. My guess would be some kind of a, like a curtain thing. That would be my guess. Yeah, I like the way you snuck that in there, Cliff. <laughs> I forgot, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> Earlier this morning, we were talking about not operating heavy equipment and what that means and what pops into my head when I think of that. So like very large, heavy equipment, like bulldozers and cranes and that kind of thing. And I mentioned the uh, gigantic bulldozers out at the power plant on the coal piles. And within minutes, a picture popped up on our text (laughs) messaging. Yeah. And there's two of those gigantic machines. Unfortunately, one of them is stuck in the coal, and the other one is helping <laughs> dig it out. Pull it out. Yes, but is that yeah. not awesome as can be? That is fantastic. <laughs> you think they'd let us out there in the middle of that? Oh, I wish they would. What could it hurt? <laughs> I could think of a lot of things that would hurt. Because clearly those guys are trained operators, and they got one of them stuck. <laughs> okay, so we wouldn't have electricity for a couple of days or something. But it would be fun. I may change the way our wonderful 11 listeners eat french fries from this moment on. Really? Yes. From this moment on, I could change it all for them. Because I think it's pretty well understood. McDonald's fries are pretty good. Yeah. You know, they're right out of the oven. Yeah. Right out of the fryer. (laughs) fryer, yeah. They're really good. Uh Uh-huh. But then it starts to turn ugly after a few minutes. (laughs) They don't last very long. No. And the research is in. Yeah. And they did a test. How long they last. Okay. And in the uh, test, first five minutes after they're made, that's your sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. Within five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. That's when they taste their best. All right. Between five minutes and 13, they're still pretty good, but they start getting a little cold. Texture starts changing a little bit from crisp to a little mushiness. Yeah. 13 minutes. Yeah. They've stopped being crisp rapidly lose their taste and by 17 minutes they're basically unedible and that's what the research is showing okay i believe that so the key here is yeah and i think you've been eating fries wrong all your life i know i have what's that don't go for the large box oh get this get a smaller order that's right get a small (laughs) order yeah 
and then pound those suckers down your throat <laughs> and then go back and get another small oh, order and pound those suckers <laughs> down your throat too. And that's the way you'll have the best tasting fries. You ever thought of that? I've never really thought of, you know, going back for seconds with another small order. I mean, I, I was like, if we get a small order, because fries really are not healthy for you at all because of the amount of salt that's on them. That screws with your blood pressure, by the way. Ask me how I know this. <laughs> so if you just decide to downsize and go for the small order, you can eat them when you're fresh. You can pound them if you want to, but you can even eat them when they're fresh and hot and you get that satisfaction of having really good french fries. But you don't have to, like, gorge yourself with two small orders. I was thinking along the lines of three. Oh, you were? <laughs> yes. You stopped way too short on the friedness there. Why are you out of breath? I've been running back and forth all morning long. Haven't you noticed? Not really. I've been working on news over here. I haven't noticed that at all. Well, <laughs> I've got some sad news, Cliff. Oh, you do? Yes. All right. A little sabotage all going right. on. Here, well, we'll talk about it here in just a second. Okay. Well, Cliff, you've had your nose stuck in your news book all morning long, yeah, and you haven't noticed something missing here in our studio. Well, okay. Take a good look around. Well, you would think I would have missed that because, you know, it's quite the imposing yes. sight. Here. Yes. So, the love machine is gone. Yes, I've been working on it. <laughs> well, you took it back like to this shop in the back? Yes. You see, I came in this morning, Cliff, and I had to move the love machine over here close to me so yeah. we could put the names in later this morning. Right, I mean, that's how that works. Yes. It's got to be right here where we can get our hands on it. And as I moved yeah. it, I noticed yeah. that there was um, something on the floor underneath the love machine. Really? Yes, somebody... Last night was fiddling with our love machine here at Country 98. Someone was fiddling with our love machine. Yes. I think it might be that Whitney Allen chick that's oh. in here at night. You think it was her? I think it was. She was fiddling with our love machine. I think she was fiddling around with it. And, well, I took a picture of what I found, Cliff, and I'm trying to well, get it did? to post on our social media as yeah. quickly as I can, and right. hopefully by so 8 o'clock. Yes. Yeah. But I've been spending most of the morning yeah. running back and forth between here in our studio and in the back trying to get the wub machine to work. The wub machine? The wub machine. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm out of breath. I can't even speak. <laughs> I'm hoping to get it fixed. Yeah. Otherwise, we may have to cancel the eleven for this morning. <laughs> cancel the eleven for this morning. You hate it when that happens. No. So I'm working as hard as I can, Cliff, and we'll have to talk to Whitney about uh, keeping her hands off of our yeah, machinery. Don't be touching our hardware. It's long and it's green, and it was underneath the love machine earlier this morning, Cliff, when yeah. I came in here. Yeah. And I took a picture of it. Mm -hmm. Because I think Whitney Allen's been fiddling with it. I need to keep her hands off our machine. <laughs> and I'm trying to get the thing to upload, but I'm having a little bit of trouble, you can't get Cliff. The picture? I guess. So it was long and green. Well, yes. And it was under the love machine. This so morning. you pushed the love machine out of the way and this was there. Yes. Did the was it like a wire? A, a wire. A large one. Someone cut a wire out of the love machine. Yes. And I've been twisting and turning and trying to get a new one yeah. put in there. Well, couldn't you have, like, maybe used a soldering iron to reconnect the wires? I mean... I'm on medication, Cliff. I can't be around heavy-use equipment. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, soldering iron is heavy, right? For me, yes. Yeah. We now a topic from the world of medicine that has some people really worried. Although when it was presented at a gastroenterology conference in Austria last week... Some people there said they're still taking the news cautiously because of the small size of the study. 
But then again, if you were the researchers, would you really want to dig through a giant pile of poop? Researchers asked participants to keep a food diary for a week before packaging up their poop in a plastic-free sample kit and shipping it to the lab. Once there, scientists cleared the poop samples of all the stuff that's expected to be there, like proteins and undigested plant matter, leaving the remainder to be tested for ten different types of microplastics. And what they found in samples tested, on the average, there are or there were 20 particles of microplastics, pieces of plastic that range in size from a speck of dust to half a millimeter, for every 10 grams of poop. The types of plastic found, mostly the same, by and large, as what's in bottle caps and plastic bottles themselves. The fewest, though, plastics that are found in automotive parts, meaning not near as many people are eating cars as what they were thinking. <laughs> Where's it coming from? It's coming from the environment. The stuff, because all this plastic gets thrown away, and over the course of time, it breaks down into little teeny tiny pieces, and then gets into the food supply. And so basically we're eating plastic. That's kind of scary. That's why the story started out. It was scary. Well, that's right, it did, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Well, I was looking at our Facebook page. Oh, you were? Huh? Yes, I'm <laughs> okay. sorry. Well, finally, Cliff, I got that picture to upload on our Facebook page, Weed and Cliff in the Morning. Yeah. Look how long that wire That's a whole is. bunch of wire. Someone cut that out of the love machine. Yes. It was laying on the floor this morning right yeah. under the machine. And so I've been trying to, uh, well, figure out, yeah. looking at the schematics, yeah. of how to get that wiring <laughs> system put back is together. It, is, it, is there, like, marking on the wire that would indicate where it's supposed to go? Because I know sometimes in schematics, they give you, like, a code, and then that code is stamped on the wire. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I just kind of look at it, and it looks like a road map, but I'm just kind of guessing where the oh, wire goes. Oh, you're just goes. guessing. I, well, I hope you don't take the wrong exit. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm hoping I put the wire on in the right direction exactly. so the juice goes wait, through the wait, right wait. way. No, you can actually run both directions. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, then we're, we could be in luck. We could be. Because before 9 o'clock this morning, yeah. we're going to try the love machine out. This weather, yeah. it's going to happen every single winter. I catch a cold. I was born, I think, with a runny nose. Probably. I think I was born with a yeah. runny everything, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I think your mom pr probably could have attested to some of those runny issues you had. Yes. Time now for the phrase that pays, 812-386-1250. And remember, if your phrase is not acceptable, I have one at the ready. Please. It involves runny issues. <laughs> I think you've scared everyone off. Oh, you oh think so? thankfully, thankfully. No. no one's calling? No, thankfully somebody's calling okay. now because uh, you've scared them into calling. Here we go. <laughs> oh, no, they're not. Yes. Uh -huh. How about now? Is anyone calling now? Because I still have a phrase at the ready. Oh, we got somebody. All we right. got somebody. Here we go. Hi, who's this? Kyle Rexing. All right, Kyle, where are you from? Upstart, Indiana. Do you have a, a phrase for us today? Yes, I do. Okay, let's hear what you got. There's only one thing good about a hangover. The day can only get better. Did you read that somewhere? No. <laughs> Is it like <laughs> rules you live by? Or what? You have I some... guess you could call it that. You, you have a touch of knowledge of this? Well, maybe. All right. Well, congratulations. You, uh, we're going to accept that as our phrase yep. that pays, and you've won the uh, gift certificate from Subway, okay? All righty. You drop by here our studios and pick that up, and you have a... Nice day and weekend, okay? All right, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>
Well, Cliff, our Take It, it to the Bank this morning is going to feature okay. the man who played Scotty on Star Trek, James Doohan. Right. Now, I didn't know this until I did a little research on the gentleman. Yeah. I did not know that he was Canadian. He is Canadian, yes. And I did not know that uh, during World War II that he fought for and with the Canadian military. Yes, and I, knew, I knew that. And that on uh, D-Day, he stormed the beach of Normandy along with thousands of other young men. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Duhan was shot six times while he was storming the beach well, of Normandy. You know, I didn't know it was six times, but I knew, and they really tried to never show this in the TV show, but he has a finger missing on one of his hands. It was shot off. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. But I didn't know he was wounded other times six, that day. Six times yes. in that one day. So that's, Interesting. that's kind of different well, right there. you know, you kind of hit my wheelhouse when you talk Star Trek. I know. So I take your ticket to the bank and I one-up it. You, you probably didn't know that the Milwaukee School of Engineering gave James Doohan an honorary doctorate. The university said half of its students said in a survey that his character had inspired them to choose engineering as a career. So he has an honorary doctorate wow. from an engineering school, which would follow because, you know, he ran the starship. <laughs> yeah, if he could he engineer knew, that. Yeah, he knew all about those dilithium crystals and everything. You would think so. the class there would be pretty easy for him. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines and see who our next contestant is. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Jeanette Sturgill. All right, Jeanette, where are you from? Um, New Harmony. Okay, so uh, do you have a significant other that you'd like to um, throw in their name I, to the love machine? I do. Okay. Dave, Dave Sturgill. Dave Sturgill. Concerned at all about what we're going to do when we push the button? What's going to happen? What the results might say? No, not really. Okay. We've, so have you been together for a long time, Jeanette? Yeah, we've only been married 27 years. 27 Only? Years. Well, it might yeah. work out yeah. for you, you think? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All right. Well, we're going to put your names in the love machine in three, two, one. That's got to hurt. There was a little smoke coming out. That's got to hurt right yeah. there. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jeanette, believe it or not, the love machine has calculated the probability of you and Dave staying together. Yeah. 23%. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Clearly, there's um, it's calibrated, right? Yes. It, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think the wiring system's <laughs> okay. not fixed yet, but I'm sorry, Jeanette, you did not qualify, okay? All right. Thanks. Thank you. You have a wonderful uh-huh. day. Bye bye. Well, I that was just. Mm-hmm. Can the machine be that far off? I mean, seriously, Cliff. They've been <laughs> together twenty-seven know. years. Yeah, you would think. Yes, but I don't know. I'll work on it after ten o'clock before Paul gets a hold of it. All righty. And we'll see if we can't zero that in. Cool. We've had two losers today that weren't even close to seventy percent to get qualified. A little sad yeah. about that. Yeah. Hey, Cliff, anything said today? Morning roadshow phrases of the day. Start with number two or number three. Some of those runny issues. Number two, old astronaut sweat and pee. <laughs> My personal favorite. But the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, watching ice melt. <laughs> That's kind of how the whole morning was. It pretty well was, yeah. More exciting than watching ice melt. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.